If you're suffering from a serious health challenge or just want to protect your good health, I want to tell you about Metatrol Fermented Wheat Germ Extract from American Biosciences. Imagine every cell in your body working at peak performance, achieving enhanced energy, quality of life, and optimal immune system performance. More than 50 research articles in peer-reviewed medical journals describe fermented wheat germ extracts remarkable health benefits in a wide range of serious health challenges. Metatrol is the most potent fermented wheat germ extract ever produced, and it's it's the only one that's gluten-free. Just two Metatrol capsules daily supports your immune system, cellular health, and energy production. Rescue your mitochondrial function and optimize your energy with Metatrol fermented wheat germ extract. For more information and to order, go to theharmonycompany.com. That's theharmonycompany.com. Or call 800-422-5518. 800-422-5518. Use coupon code HOFFMAN20 at checkout and get a 20% first-time discount and free shipping. That's theharmonycompany.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, back from a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, maybe you have enjoyed some of our legacy broadcasts. We selected some of our best shows to uh, entertain you during a short period of time while I was away on vacation. I visited uh, Poland, Czechoslovakia, and Germany. Had a marvelous time, and now I'm back. Got lots of information to share with you. Our number, 877-726-8255. And we are here in the doctor's office. And you can call with your questions or comments. We're available. 877-726-8255 gets you right on the air. And uh, among the stories that uh, I'm going to share with you, well, I'll start out with this. Um, I hope that I don't become superfluous. In coming years, I've been broadcasting since 1988, uh, answering individuals' questions on the radio and in podcasts. And uh, here's an amazing story. You've heard about ChatGPT. Well, uh, this kind of builds on the legacy of uh, some of the uh, first experiments in machine learning uh, and AI, artificial intelligence, where uh, we reached a remarkable breakthrough uh, where computers uh, could beat master chess players in chess. Uh, they reached that threshold a little while ago, and then uh, they demonstrated that uh, computers could uh, outperform people on Jeopardy, uh, and on and on it goes. Well, now we have ChatGPT, which is uh, a remarkable accomplishment in terms of artificial intelligence. All the knowledge of the world is crunched by computers and they can spew it back uh, in response to any kind of query. And so they did a study in JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, which shows the potential of ChatGPT headline, ChatGPT crushes real doctors in answering patient questions. Uh, they did a study and they compared uh, actual doctors uh, answering patient questions to the chat GPT answers and they objectively evaluated the accuracy and quality of the answers. Uh, for example, you could just go on chat GPT and say, I have a headache. Can you help me? And uh, you'll see that 
you're going to get a vast compendium of information. Uh, and according to this objective analysis in Journal of the American Medical Association, the performance of Jet Chat GPT was not only superior to that of doctors, it was unbelievable. Uh, one uh, person who comments on this says, uh, I never in my life imagined I would see this. Uh, he is shocked that software could generate such satisfying answers. Uh, there's a bit of a problem because uh, some people have noticed that sometimes ChatGPT makes things up. Uh, the tech In the technical parlance, that is called a hallucination. <laughs> that uh, the computer can hallucinate. And in an effort to pull together a fully satisfying answer, uh, it can make stuff up. And so that can be a potential hazard. Humans always not prey to that particular tendency, but so too are machines. Well, hopefully I won't be supplanted by technology in the near future. I try to give you a little bit of a alternative perspective on what's happening in the world of medicine, maybe something that uh, you wouldn't get by consulting chat GPT. 877-726-8255, our number. And, uh, one of the first things I wanted to talk about is, you know, you see all these ads on TV about uh, the uh, Camp Lejeune uh, litigation. Uh, if you or a loved one were present at Camp Lejeune during certain years, you may be entitled to a settlement called, you know, one of a number of law firms who are handling uh, a big payout for individuals who may have drunk the water at this uh, marine base. Uh, in North Carolina. Uh, it turns out that the water was polluted, in particular with a substance called TCE, trichloroethylene. And that is a substance that is often used in dry cleaning, less so these days. Uh, it's an industrial and commercial chemical that's been used for nearly 100 years. It was even used as a surgical anesthetic until it was banned in 1970. They deliberately gave it to people to knock them out. Uh, more recently, it was used as a degreasing solvent, uh, is used to decrease industrial metal parts. And the problem is that once TCE enters the soil or groundwater, it's a forever chemical. It can persist for decades. So this just in, a study led by researchers at the University of San, uh, California at San Francisco, compared Parkinson's diagnoses in approximately 160,000 Navy and Marine veterans. Just over half came from Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, where TCE was used to decrease, degrease military equipment, and the water was therefore contaminated. The remainder came from Camp Pendleton, California, where the water was not contaminated with TCE. So they can, you know, they say, well, okay, being a Marine, maybe there's certain risk for Parkinson's disease. Let's compare those exposed to TCE versus those not exposed to TCE. And there was indeed a difference. Um, levels of TCE in the water at Camp Lejeune exceeded maximum safety levels by 70 fold. And what they found was, yes, indeed, uh, there was uh, a connection between TCE exposure and the risk of Parkinson's disease, but that's not all. Uh, another study out this week shows that exposure to a wide variety of pesticides, 
some of which are unrelated chemically, are associated with neurocognitive problems, in particular Parkinson's disease, because these chemicals attack the dopamine system in the brain, which controls uh, movement. So a little bit of a segue to something that happened to me in the office this week. I started seeing patients again back from vacation. And uh, I talked to one of my patients and she had a list of things that she wanted to talk to me about. And at the very end, she, she brought something up. She said, I can smell Parkinson's disease. And I said, that's really weird. She says, yeah, it's kind of disconcerting because when I'm around someone who has Parkinson's disease, there's a distinct smell that they exude. And it even happens to me in public sometimes. And I have the impulse maybe to rush up to the person and say, did you know that you're at risk for Parkinson's disease? And I looked it up. And it turns out that there's considerable research that suggests that sniffer dogs can detect Parkinson's disease. Dogs have a much higher sensitivity in terms of their olfactory abilities, as we all know. And what they found was that you could train sniffer dogs to distinguish between clinically established patients with Parkinson's disease versus controls without Parkinson's disease with, get this, a 91% accuracy. These sniffer dogs could pick up Parkinson's disease. Now it gets more interesting because yeah, okay, dogs can do this. Well, what about people? There was an article last year in Scientific American super smeller can detect the scent of Parkinson's leading to an experimental test for the illness. That came out in October of 2022. A Scottish woman named Joy Milne made headlines in 2015 for an unusual talent, her ability to sniff out people with Parkinson's disease. So what they determined, they actually did an experiment. They wanted to put Milne's claims to the test. They had her smell 12 t-shirts, six from people with Parkinson's and six from non-effective individuals. She correctly identified the disease in all six cases. And the one t-shirt, this is the kicker, the one t-shirt from a healthy person she categorized as having Parkinson's belonged to someone who was diagnosed with the disease less than a year later. This is really crazy. And my patient indeed is very sensitive. She's very sensitive to medications, uh, various things that you wouldn't expect would bother her, bother her. She is probably a super smeller. And so the theory here is that there's something that Parkinson's patients exude in their sebum. That's the fatty substance that's, that's uh, exuded from your pores uh, onto your skin, that there's a certain characteristic of that. And that maybe, just maybe, we can do chemical tests, skin tests, uh, use a sebum-based test, to make an earlier diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, maybe even diagnose Parkinson's disease before it clinically develops with tremor and movement problems. So, wow, oh wow. Uh, <laughs> Milne has also exhibited a unique talent in detecting other 
conditions. Parkinson's may not be the only disease Milne has a nose for. She's also reported noticing unique smells in people with Alzheimer's, cancer, and tuberculosis, and she's now working with scientists to see whether specific olfactory signatures of those diseases can be identified. So it's amazing stuff. I mean, we do know uh, that Parkinson's disease, people with Parkinson's have a unique microbiome, and that based on sophisticated analyses of their stool, we can predict to a high degree their likelihood of having Parkinson's disease or eventually developing it. 877-726-8255 or number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And this is not ChatGPT. <laughs> I'm a real person. This is intelligent medicine. If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate can be your strength. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. The FDA recently issued a qualified health claim saying that high flavanol cocoa powder may help prevent cardiovascular disease. It may even be a helpful tool in managing cognitive decline. Flava Naturals Dark Chocolate Bars and Cocoa Powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate with great flavor minimal sugar. Their secret is sourcing premium, high-flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. To order, just go to flavanaturals.com. As an intelligent medicine listener, you can get 20% off site-wide for a limited time. Just use code SAVE20 at checkout at flavanaturals.com. As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, these stand out for their support of healthy digestive function. BioCore enhanced enzymes and enzymes HCL. Digestive enzymes are essential to the body's absorption, but the capacity to make enzymes diminishes with age. BioCore Enhanced Enzymes contains a blend of non-GMO enzymes that will aid in the digestion of most foods, including beans and cruciferous vegetables. Enzymes HCL is a specially balanced blend of nine different enzymes that can break down protein, carbohydrates, fat, and fiber, and may help reduce bloating, indigestion, occasional heartburn, and gas. They're available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to Challenger Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you. 877-726-8255 is our number now during the program. This hour and next, you're free to call with a comment or question. It's also available to you 24-7, 365. And we've been away for a couple of weeks, and so a lot of people have called and recorded questions. So let's hear one of them. Hello, Dr. Hoffman. In the May 2023 edition of The Atlantic, there's an article that I think you might be interested in. It's called uh, Ice Cream, Bad for Your Health. Uh, but the issue with the article is uh, they're saying that uh, science has covered up the fact that ice cream is healthy. So I thought that might be an interesting article to look over and possibly discuss on your show. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I saw that article. And so the big surprise finding is that if you look at a bunch of scientific studies, uh, they generally show, and this is kind of counterintuitive, right? Ice cream, you know, high calorie, high fat, laden with sugar. 
uh, that ice cream consumption is associated with a lower risk of insulin resistance and diabetes and a variety of health problems that are related to that. And so uh, I read the article and the guy goes back and forth and, you know, hems and haws. And at the end of the study concludes at the end of the article concludes that, well, nutritional science is um, pretty controversial. <laughs> it's sometimes hard to isolate on one food and determine if that is a good food or a bad food. And this is something, you know, we've seen these controversies with things like coffee and with alcohol and with chocolate and, you know, wide variety of things. At first, we thought they were bad for you. You know, same thing with uh, red meat. Red meat is terrible. It kills you. But then studies show that red meat is not so bad, maybe even be protective. So, you know, a couple of theories on that. One is something called reverse causation, which means that the people who eat a lot of ice cream Maybe they're relatively healthy people. They don't have to worry about their weight. So they eat ice cream. Other people who are sicker, they've been told they need to cut down their intake of sugary, fatty foods. And so they don't eat as much ice cream. That would be uh, not that ice cream has a protective effect. It's just that people who are sick uh, or at risk don't eat as much ice cream. But I wonder, because I see a lot of people who are at risk, you know, typically people who are very overweight and they're walking around with an ice cream cone. So I'm not entirely sure that that's the case. Uh, the other thing about ice cream is that uh, good quality ice cream uh, is high in fat, has a lot of protein. And while it does have some sugar, it has a high satiety value. So maybe, just maybe, uh, the small amount of sugar that's in there is balanced out by the fat and the protein. It's released more slowly. It has a lower glycemic index than say, I don't know, soda, you know, where the sugar hits you real fast. And therefore it may be a healthier alternative, you know, when you're going to indulge. Uh, there's some other studies that even suggest there's certain properties in dairy uh, that may have uh, anti-diabetic effects. And I've seen those studies uh, but it just kind of illustrates the problem that if you just isolate on one food out of the context of uh, the whole lifestyle, that you're going to get uh, misleading results. And also, this is statistical. Results may vary. You know, what's good for the goose isn't necessarily good for the gander. And the average person may consume a moderate amount of ice cream and still be healthy. But for some people, not a great idea. All right. 877-726-8255, our number. Uh, Robert De Niro just welcomed his seventh child at the age of 79. We're going to take a look at uh, the perils associated with being an older father in terms of the offspring's health. This is Intelligent Medicine. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript 
also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Back to Intelligent Medicine, Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you, 877-726-8255. Great to be back. I've got lots to share with you. And uh, one of the things that happened while I was away is that on the Celebrity Health Watch, actor Robert De Niro just welcomed his seventh child at the age of 79. His uh, girlfriend, uh, Stephanie Chen, is, quote, believed to be 45, so she's no youngster. But I want to take a look at the potential health risks associated with being a father late in life. Now, in my own case, my father was a little older, was a bit of an outlier, especially in 1952. Uh, a lot of guys got married young and had kids in their late teens and 20s. But my dad waited till he was 42 to sire me and uh, the, the the trend uh has changed because uh back in 2017 uh there was a study that showed that the number of older men fathering children was on the rise now about 10 percent of infants are born to fathers over the age of 40 whereas four decades ago was only four percent so yeah i was born about uh you know seven decades ago uh, i certainly was an outlier and I guess for the most part, I turned out okay. There were no birth complications. But according to a recent study, uh, there is an increased risk of autism and schizophrenia, as well as bad birth outcomes. They looked at 40 million births, and they linked it to paternal age. And they found that advanced paternal age and this may come as a surprise to some of you guys who are delaying fatherhood, advanced paternal age is defined as being older than 35. Births from fathers of an advanced paternal age were found to be at a higher risk for adverse birth outcomes, such as low birth weight seizures and the need for ventilation immediately after birth. It wasn't like, you know, five times the risk or 10 times the risk but it was slightly higher. For example, men who were 45 or older were 14% more likely to have a child born prematurely. Men 50 or older were 28% more likely to have a child that required admission to the neonatal intensive care unit. And the reason for that is that once a dad hits age 35, there's a slight increase in birth risk overall. With every year that a man ages, he accumulates on average two new mutations in the DNA of his sperm. And that could increase with poor diet, with smoking, with exposure to environmental toxins, say you live in a polluted area or you eat a lot of food that is chemicalized or you work in a industry where you may be exposed to DNA damaging substances. That puts you at risk for a poor neonatal outcome. Uh, they also found that... Uh, that there was an 18% increased likelihood to have have a child born with seizures, 14% uh, more likely to have, uh, as I said, a low birth weight. If a father was 50 or older, the likelihood that the infant could need ventilation upon support upon birth increased by 
So, yeah, uh, there are risks associated with uh, delaying uh, paternity. But we congratulate. Um, hey, you got the mojo to be a dad at 79? Well, yeah, okay. Um, go for it. I think Charlie Chaplin uh, sired kids well into his 70s, perhaps even into his 80s. Okay. All right. Uh, as you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD, that's cannabidiol, to tonify the endocannabinoid system. And I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. I use it personally, and the CBD brand that I take and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. I, I consider this one of the biggest breakthroughs in the world of supplements of the decade, that this stuff is now available. Uh so CV Science is now proud to introduce a new innovation, Plus CBD Daily Balance THC Free. Daily Balance is a daily use supplement that provides the benefits of CBD without the concern of other cannabinoids like THC causing unwanted effects. Some people are very sensitive to THC. Uh, CBD helps me relax and, and sleep, but if there's a little THC in there, too much, uh, I start to go into sort of a dream reverie and it's almost like a bit of a hallucinatory state that delays the onset of sleep. So I like the Daily Balance THC free product. Daily Balance contains the purest form of hemp derived CBD in high concentrations to help you overcome intense challenges to mental and physical well-being. All plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. And use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. They have a full range of products there, some with THC, some with minimal THC, various potencies, uh, gel, gel caps, uh, as well as gummies uh, and combination products. Good stuff. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new daily balance THC-free line of oil, soft gels, and gummies. Check it out. 877-726-8255 is our number. And uh, let's see. Um, we have uh, something on a... Uh, yeah, I want to talk about depression rates in the U.S. Uh, depression rates are soaring. And what has made things worse is that the pandemic has left people lonely, isolated, more reliant on social media, uh, and school interruptions have played havoc on kids. And so, but this is a trend that was emerging well before COVID. Headline here from May 17th, 2023, U.S. depression rates reach new highs. According to a Gallup poll, the percentage of U.S. adults who report having been diagnosed with depression at some point in their lifetime has reached 29%. That's nearly 10 percentage points higher than just in 2015. That's just eight years ago. So it has soared in recent years. The percentage of Americans currently have or are being treated for depression has also increased to 17.8%. That's up about seven points over the same period. Both rates are the highest recorded by Gallup since it began measuring depression using the current form of data collection in 2015. So, and the statistics are skewed towards women and younger people. 
about a third of younger individuals uh, have at some point been told that they have depression by a health professional. Over one third of women, 36.7%. Uh, with men, uh, the percentage is lower. And, and maybe simply because men seek help less than women. They may need the help, but they're just out there suffering in silence. Uh, so uh, this is concerning. And amidst this uh, comes a ray of hope. Because recently we did an outstanding podcast with a couple. We actually did a couple of them with uh, nutritionally oriented psychiatrists, psychiatrists who believe that nutrition can make a difference. And there's something called the MIND study, M-I-N-D, which demonstrates that a healthier diet, in this case, a Mediterranean diet, anti-inflammatory, free of junk, less in the way of ultra-processed foods, uh, protein and vegetables and complex, slow-release carbohydrates, uh, lots of fiber, that this diet uh, had profound effects on mental health. And in another case, a little more radical application of diet, uh, Dr. Chris Palmer has written a book called Brain Energy, in which he argues that a ketogenic diet could be the key to restoring mental health and balance. And I've seen it again and again with the patients who come to see me for depression. It's not an infrequent complaint. I get a lot of patients with heart problems, with uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, with uh, digestive complaints, uh, autoimmune disease. Uh, but many of my patients, uh, along with their physical maladies, are suffering from uh, depression and anxiety. And many of them benefit from diet change, especially a low-carbohydrate diet. And this new study, it's actually a survey of the research, a meta-analysis. They looked at 1,377 articles, and 48 of which passed muster because they had to be rigorous enough to qualify for eligibility. The study of studies is called Efficacy of Low-Carbohydrate and Ketogenic Diets in Treating Mood and Anxiety Disorders, a Systematic Review and the implications for clinical practice. And what they're saying here is that although it's preliminary and that the, the studies are limited, uh, there are several studies that suggest possible beneficial effects of low carb, very low carb, or ketogenic diets on the brain. And we know from past experience that ketogenic diets can reduce the incidence of seizures in kids who are seizure prone and don't respond to medications. Uh, they're often put on keto diets, which are difficult to adhere to. But if you're having uncontrolled seizures, uh, they can be devastating. And ketogenic diets have been found to be helpful in this population. And so applying the same logic to brain circuitry, uh, mood problems may be a form of brain seizures, emotional seizures. And using a very low-carbohydrate or ketogenic diet can change the way that brain uses fuel. Ordinarily, the brain is reliant on glucose, sugar in the blood. But sugar in the blood fluctuates. It can be high, it can be low, and brain function can be affected. But when you're on a ketogenic diet, it provides kind of a steady state of ketones uh, which may be better utilized by neurons in the brain in the emotional centers that may determine 
whether you're anxious or depressed, and this can have a stabilizing effect. And anecdotally, I will tell you, I see reports all the time on social media of people who said I was suffering from this or that, the psychiatric disorder, even schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive disorder. And by adopting this type of diet, uh, my symptoms were relieved or eliminated, you know, just astounding testimonials. So nevertheless, they say robust studies are now needed to demonstrate efficacy to identify clinical groups who may benefit. And whether a ketogenic diet beyond just a low carbohydrate diet is required, you know, how low do you have to go? And to characterize adverse effects and the risk of relapse after diet discontinuation, because you kind of have to stick to the diet. You know, it's not like a short-term intervention. It's like, you know, you're good, you're on the diet, then you lapse, and the symptoms may come roaring back. But um, this is really now in the scientific literature, and it's being legitimized as a way to treat psychiatric disorders because let's face it, you know, medications that we have, limited efficacy, they're not a quick fix. Uh, many people experience side effects. Many people don't experience uh, relief or get only partial relief from anxiety, depression, other types of mood problems, schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive disorder, bipolar disorder. And we need a nutritional component in psychiatrists' offices. I'm absolutely convinced. 877-726-8255, our number. We're available. You can call us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. We put the power in probiotics. We were the first to emphasize the importance of postbiotic metabolites in creating and maintaining the biodiversity of flora in the gut microbiome for optimal digestion, gut brain, immune, and hormonal health. Multi-year fermentation is key in producing the postbiotic metabolites that are found in exceptional probiotics like Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Healthy fruits and vegetables are fermented, resulting in over 500 postbiotic metabolites for optimum digestive and immune support. So don't rely on a simple claim that the product has 50 billion or more CFUs. That is not the hallmark of how to gauge a powerful probiotic. Instead, look for diversity. Look for fermentation. Look for postbiotics. Look for Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are certified vegetarian and free of gluten, allergens, and GMOs. Get Dr. O'Hara's probiotics today at fine health retailers everywhere and online. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation to their Reserve Collection, a gummy. The Reserve Collection is a specifically curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, rich and bold. The Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's Reserve Collection of oils, soft gels, and now gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new reserve collection gummies. 
Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. 877-726-8255 gets you into the doctor's office and you can pose a question or share a comment. A lot happening on the health front. Maybe you want to share something that you've experienced in terms of the benefits of uh, natural or high-tech medicine, or maybe you got a complaint. 877-726-8255 is our number this hour and next. And um, there's a stinging indictment in The Lancet, which is the world's largest and most authoritative international medical journal, about the concerted efforts to make breastfeeding obsolete using commercial milk formula. Commercial milk formula is something that wasn't at all existent until the mid-19th century. Before that, it was all about breastfeeding, you know, natural way of feeding infants. And since then, there have been tremendous inroads by companies that make infant formula. They say that despite proven benefits, less than half of infants and young children globally are breastfed in accordance with the recommendations of the World Health Organization. In comparison, commercial milk formula sales have increased to about $55 billion annually, with more infants and young children receiving formula products than ever. And so they've issued a stinging rebuke of the marketing stratagems and erroneous information that's been disseminated over the decades and now has penetrated the scientific establishment, has propagandized doctors and general public alike to convince them of the convenience and equivalence and even superiority of substitutes for breast milk. Now, I'm not here... I'm not like a lactation Nazi, as is sometimes referred to. I think that's kind of a overheated term. But nonetheless, there are some people who are so vociferously about breastfeeding that they make women who can't breastfeed or do not want to make do not want to breastfeed feel really guilty. And you can raise a normal child with formula. There's no question about it. But there are distinct health benefits that they may be deprived of. And in addition, there are benefits to the mother. There are benefits to the mother emotionally. There are benefits to the mother physically, reduced risk of breast cancer, uh, even reduced risk of metabolic diseases like insulin resistance. Uh, it's a good thing. It's great for bonding emotionally. And so uh, what they point out is that a lot of products are being marketed these days with deceptive claims, uh, all without scientific foundation, that certain products uh, are said to relieve fussiness and colic and improve infant sleep. And the science behind them is virtually non-existent. Also, uh, certain products are said to reduce the risk for allergies, which is also without scientific foundation. Yes, there are some children who are allergic to dairy, cow's milk, but usually not to human milk. And sometimes adjustments in the mother's diet can make a difference in whether the kid is okay with the breast milk. Maybe reducing mom's consumption of 
cow dairy products or certain foods that the child might be allergic to can alleviate the problem. Uh, there are even products that claim to boost IQ uh, with deceptive pictures showing babies uh, wearing glasses, looking smart, and with uh, text that shows E equals MC2, like you're going to make your kid a genius by giving them this super formula. And so they talk about uh, all the propaganda that has been developed since uh, these formulas were first developed in 1865 by a German chemist. Um, and a lot of this has to do with industrialization and moving women into the workforce and not staying at home. It's, it's convenient. You know, they can go back to the factory and work. And the problem is they've also really stepped up their activities to Africa, the Middle East, Asia, and the Americas uh, to make folks distrust mother's milk. And that is really, really to the detriment of the health of kids and mobs. So big article in Lancet. They slam the lid on efforts to replace breastfeeding with substitutes. 877-726-8255, our number, and this is Intelligent Medicine.